and welcome to another episode of the Two Fans Podcast. I'm your co-host, Joshua Ament. And I'm your other co-host, R. Jesselson. And today, uh, today, you know what? I've always introduced stuff. How about you introduce this one? Uh, yeah, hopefully I don't mess up again. But, you know, I, that's too much weight on my shoulders. We remember what happened on Monday's episode. I think it's best that you do these. <laughs> No, no, that, that's a whole, that's a whole outro. That's like a, a planned routine and stuff you gotta get out there. You just, just introduce us. What are we talking about today? Yeah, so today we're gonna talk about dynasties and how, in some sports, they're easier to make. What and what it really takes to become a dynasty in the four major sports here in the U.S. All right. See, yeah, it's not, it's not that, not that hard. You need to yeah, mess that yeah, up. Yeah. I can't bring the clown horn right now because my sister's in classes. But next time, we'll add that in. We might add that in. All right. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I want to think, which one do I want to start? I guess I'll start with, uh, with the NHL because we, we really we need, to, we need to show them a little, little bit of love there. Um, and I'll say since probably the, uh, the lockout season 04, 05, that's a pretty good divider uh, to sort of get recent history. Uh, from where we're where we're looking at, uh, in terms of in terms of how many champions there have been, uh, there have been ten in the past fifteen years, uh, which de- definitely tells you there's uh, there's a lot of parity there. Uh, the most uh, amount of, amount of Stanley Cups in that span is tied with the Pittsburgh Penguins and my Chicago Blackhawks, uh, with uh, with three each. Uh, and the uh, the Kings also had two. Other than that, every other uh, every other franchise to want it uh, since the lockout has only won it once. Uh, and the last repeat champion uh, was fairly recent, uh, the Penguins in 2016 and 17. But before that, if you want to go back to find a repeat champion, uh, you have to go back to 97, 98 uh, with, the, with the Detroit Red Wings. Yeah, and it's crazy to think about that. I mean, you said... 15, 15 years, 10 champions. So it's just kind of because you really don't, when you look at other sports, you see how, oh, this team is always going to be in the playoffs. This team is always is going to go back to back. This team's going to make the finals. But when we look at hockey, it's not like the case. Now, what's one thing that really shows hockey to be so hard to win a championship and create a dynasty? Uh, I think something that, uh, I mean, it's something that, um, that not a lot of because uh, uh, with the with the NBA uh, and, and the NFL, and we'll get to those uh, more in depth in a little bit. But sort of uh, uh, where there are there are salary caps sort of imposed, uh, but there are a lot of ways, especially in, in the NBA. We'll get to that uh, where you can where you can uh, maneuver your way around uh, and sort of and sort of keep keep talent and and, uh, and pay for whoever you need. Uh, the NHL, it's it's a it's a pretty hard cap. Uh, so once someone wins it, wins a championship, and they're going to want to get paid, they're probably going to have to go elsewhere, and it's uh, it's a little harder to keep that keep that continuity. And that's really a theme, I think. Uh, uh, I've noticed that when when I mean, when you're building uh, champion teams, when you're building uh, teams that can win multiple championships, uh, that continuity really helps. Yeah, and especially with hockey, it really seems like it's harder to build long-term success. We see most of these teams win only one year or even go to the playoffs one year because these guys want to get paid, and they, if, there's, if their current team's not going to pay them, they're obviously going to leave. I think a big factor also 
for uh, why it's harder is that every team has at least one or two good players, even three or four. So with so many, I think hockey and basketball are the only teams where almost every single team can compete, which makes it harder for these teams to win it at the end of the day. Yeah, right. I mean, I mean, yeah, you, uh, you mean you just saw last year where you had pretty much two MVPs on, on one team in Edmonton uh, with Connor McDavid, uh, Leon Dreisaitl. Uh, but those two MVPs, while they may work in, in uh, maybe in uh, MLB or in the NBA, uh, that doesn't exactly, uh, the Oilers were only the, the five seed and knocked out uh, pretty, uh, pretty early in the qualifiers uh, by the Hawks. Uh, so, you, so you can really see how it's much more, much uh, less sort of MVP heavy uh, and you really need uh, need a full team. You uh, remember, oh. so, sorry, what were you saying? Uh, no, I was going to move on. If you, if you have one more thing you want to add. Yeah, well, also, like, it's really how you play as a team also. Because remember, in 2019, the Tampa Bay Lightning were one of the best teams in uh, NHL history. Uh, they tired for 62 wins, which was tying the record for it in the playoffs. They got swept by the Blue Jackets, who were the sixth seed, if I'm not mistaken. So it really shows how everyone's in for the fight. And if you're not playing as a team, it's going to be a little harder. And if there's someone stepping up more, someone pushing themselves more, especially as a team, it really doesn't key in for success. That yeah, Blue Jackets really make a push. Yeah, Blue Jackets are actually uh, the eighth seed uh, that season. Uh, let's move on. Uh, let's move now to, to I'd say the. Uh, the next, uh, the next uh, hardest uh, to uh, league to repeat, with with one exception, and I'm sure you know what it is when I when I say the uh, the NFL. Of course, the past twenty years have been uh, headlined by uh, the dynasty of the New England Patriots. Uh, you can kind of, kind of really, I don't think people think uh, think about it that much, but sort of split it into like a three and three. A sort of scenario where they had uh, where they had I believe three out of four years uh, from at, at near the start of the century from 2000 to 04 uh, and then of course the recent years uh, you had two bowls 49 51 and 53 uh, the victories there uh, kind of like that uh, that odd streak uh, was broken for the Patriots not for Tom Brady uh, that's that's interesting to think about but I digress um, so since 2001 uh, 12 different uh, franchises have won a Super Bowl. Of course, the, the Patriots, uh, those six times. Uh, and then also uh, uh, the Buccaneers now have won uh, twice with, uh, with two completely different rosters. Of course, you had 03, uh, the Pirate Bowl, John Gruden, and now uh, Tom Brady, Bruce Arians. Um, but the, as far as the last repeat champ, uh, champions go, uh, you, really, you, have to go you have to go back uh, a, a while. That's why we, we were... Talking about oh how the Chiefs could uh, possibly repeat, but they didn't, and now the la- the last team to repeat was again that 03-04 Patriots team. So you really see how, with the with the major exception uh, to what uh, Kraft and Belichick have, have been doing in New England, uh, it is it is very hard uh, to to maintain a championship level team. Yeah, and staying on Kraft and Belichick. We never really see Robert Kraft get involved as much as some guy like Jerry Jones, where Jerry Jones makes all the decisions. And New England, Belichick is able to do whatever he wants. He can bring back the players. And people know that Belichick's a good coach. And just because who is stricter but gets the results, because he's so good and he has so much freedom of what he says, more players want to go there and they know the success. 
also staying on the AFC, it's definitely a tougher division because the last time, the last time a guy who wasn't Brady, Manning, or Roethlisberger made the AFC was there. Remember from the two thousand from two thousand, right? Uh, yeah, there, I think two thousand one. I said yeah. No, I'm going from the 2000 Super Bowl all the way down. There are three quarterbacks to not be Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, uh, Ben Roethlisberger, or Peyton Manning. Do you know who they are? Uh, I know we mentioned Rich Gannon uh, in our Super Bowl episode, uh, Shameless Plug is Shameless. Uh, there's <laughs> Joe Flacco that one year. And then blinking on the third one. I mean, let me try to think. I'll give you a hint. He is the GOAT. Is the goat, but Trace McSorley never made a Super Bowl. No, yeah, same team, same team, though. Don't worry. Same, I said Joe Flacco. Yeah, Trent Dilfer. How could you forget about the goat? How could I forget? Wow, yeah, the Trent Dilfer versus Kerry Collins, aka basically the Ravens defense and Jamal and Jamal Lewis. But yeah, it's definitely harder to be in the NFL when also. It's such an aggressive sport. Your body deteriorates after time. That's why you see most guys after in their 30s not really playing the same level. And going back to it, uh, it is an extreme sport. It, with only 16 games in a regular season compared to like the compared to the other sports where they have 60, 70, 80, even 100 games in a regular season. So with 16 games, it's kind of hard to it's harder for most teams to win nine or ten games. Yeah, I think one one more thing uh, when we're talking about when we're talking about uh, again building building and maintaining uh, uh, these teams is that again like we like we said it can it can be easier uh, in in the NBA uh, when the active roster uh, is is uh, a maximum of seventeen uh, with the MLB uh, it's uh, it's twenty six so I mean so smaller uh, NHL is about the about that same range uh, the but. The NFL, you ha- you have to build a fifty-three man roster. Uh, make sure twenty-two guys are 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 starter level. Uh, not to mention uh, specialists and backups and and all that. So you really, it's it just it just a championship team from one year needs to be a well-oiled machine, making sure nothing is wrong and having that sort of that sort of perfect storm uh, twice in a row, let alone six times in a row. Uh, not not in a row, but six times in this century uh, is, is pretty. It's pretty amazing. Oh yeah, and if one part doesn't work, it's all going to fail. We saw that with the Cowboys the past year when Dak got hurt. Everyone saw that Dak could have been MVP caliber quarterback this year, but once he got hurt, they they had a plethora of quarterback start for the Cowboys, and we saw the how everything just kind of fell apart. So when one one thing doesn't work, the whole system goes. But also, as a Bears fan, as you being a Bears fan, you kind of know defense wins championships. Yeah, it certainly does, and I think we kind of. Uh, I just want to mention that one, so that one more one piece can can break the whole system. You saw with uh, without Eric Fisher uh, this past week in the Super Bowl, uh, that that Chiefs O line looked completely lost. Uh, but yeah, as far as as far as uh, that, of course, like uh, like you said, like the, like the Bucks defense, which went so flew so under the radar uh, this uh, this year that like it sort of it was such a it, it surprised people maybe more than they should uh, that they that they were able to shut down they're able to shut down uh, the Chiefs offense. 
Well, I mean, when you got Tom Brady on your team, Robert Gorkowski coming out of retirement, your defense and plus the other superstars that are still there, it's going to be easy to forget that amazing defense who did shut down the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Reminder, this is the only – I think this is the only time ever that Patrick Mahomes never scored a touchdown in the game. And are, are we just going to – like? Is, is this just a, a mandate to have one Super Bowl reference in every single episode we do now? Yeah, probably because it was an impressive game at the end of the day. But let us, the fans, let us know. All right, let's uh, let's move on because I think uh, I think some of uh, <laughs> some people might be a little little bit annoyed with us. Keep uh, keep referencing that and uh, probably dating this uh, this video a lot. Um, but let's move now uh, to uh, to the MLB. Uh, we're there. I, I feel like the the numbers are going to change uh, in the future, uh, but let's look at what we have now since uh, since probably the uh, since yeah since the ninety four strike we'll look at uh, twenty six uh, seasons have passed since then, uh, and they've produced fifteen different champions. Uh, the Yankees uh, have won five times in that stretch. Uh, the Red Sox have won four. Uh, Giants have won three, uh, and the Marlins and Cardinals uh, have each won two. Uh, so you can see sort of, sort of some uh, some dynasties uh, uh, pop up there. Uh, Red Sox were a little spread out. Uh, Yankees had that uh, uh, had that three peat uh, uh, from uh, at the turn of the millennium uh, from ninety eight to two thousand. Uh, those are that's also the last time that uh, that any World Series champion uh, went back to back. The Red Sox were kind of spread out. Uh, Within within the past uh, past decade, and then you have the Giants uh, winning sort of those three those three and five years. Uh, one more thing, uh, one more as far as uh, as far as dynasties, I think I think we have to address uh, is in, it may be a little bit of recency bias, maybe a little bit of speculation, uh, but we have to talk about the Dodgers situation uh, because again, making the World Series three out of the past four years. Uh, losing to the World Series champion in all of those years, um, actually since 2016. Yeah, uh, with um, the asterisk mark though, with the asterisk mark. For yes, that is exactly what I was about to mention. Those 2017 and 2018 World Series uh, were both uh, were both you can say taken away from them uh, by by the sign stealing scandal, and we we will all wonder. Uh, and some will assume, some won't. Unfortunately, we won't ever really know, but we we can only we can only guess uh, that they may be they may be uh, have won three of the past four uh, if uh, if teams play by the goddamn rules. Uh, well, I think a big reason for why we do see why most people would say the Dodgers would have won. Because when you look at the home versus away games a lot, you can see a drastic change in the numbers of how they do better. Obviously, the Astros, it's also with a home field advantage, you are going to do better. But when you remember, with, when you're home, it's easier to do the sign stealing and all that. But another big key that makes, that makes it easy for baseball, well, not easy, just helps a team, is pitching and hitting. Uh, going back to the 2015 Mets, who did go to the World Series and lost in five games, 
but we don't talk about that anymore. Uh, they, had a, they had a stacked bullpen. Jacob Zagram, Matt Harvey, Jerry Familia, Noah Syndergaard, Stephen Matz, and Bartolo Colon. Uh, their top seven out of 12 players that year, uh, according to their wars, seven of the top 12 players were pitchers, being the ranked number three, four, five, 10, 11, and 12, respectively. The big issue was it seemed that the Mets can never get on base and they can never score runs. So I think you need a, you need a solid bullpen like what the Dodgers have now and players who can get on bases like the Dodgers have now with Mookie Betts and Corey Seager and uh, yeah, just a lot of players who can do that. Um, yeah, I think, uh, I think one, uh, uh, one thing we can kind of, and I kind of alluded to this before, but sort of how, uh, it's changing, and I think yeah, fifteen and twenty-six it does sound like a uh, some uh, some sort of parody. Uh, but I think again, when you when you mention the Dodgers, uh, and when you look at how the game is changing, I think it's going to be a little more dynasty heavy. Uh, starting with of course, of course, the Dodgers, but looking beyond that, you can just sort of see how much more analytically driven uh, the game has been just just in the past five ten years. I, I mean, you have the start of the StatCast era. You see analytics being updated pretty much uh, every single year. I mean, like uh, like five years ago, pitch framing seemed so revolutionary. And now now we're, we're sort of way past that. Um, and sort of where, where analytics have kind of uh, risen up have been uh, generally in smaller market uh, organizations. Uh, you have the Rays as, as the prime example. Um, the Cardinals too there, uh, though that's a little bit of uh, more willing to spend, uh, which is which is still good good to have in, in a team. I'm looking directly at you, Ricketts. Um, uh, where was I? Uh, I don't know, to be honest. You were talking about uh, yeah, uh, small, lower market teams. Uh, small mar- yeah, small market teams uh, with analytics like the Rays. Uh, uh, like, uh, I mean, of course, like the like poster child, uh, small payroll A's. Uh, and really, for the past, I mean, the '90s, 2000 era, that kind of gave uh, gave the gave those teams a bit of bit of an edge and kind of, I guess, sort of even like a level playing field. You can say uh, with the bit with the big spenders uh, like the Yankees and Dodgers, and uh, now the Mets. Uh, uh, as far as, as far as uh, what what it's going to look like now. Well, you're you're starting to see. Uh, I feel like the Dodgers, as the as the best example, uh, combining the best of both worlds, combining the the big, uh, the big market spending, uh, with the with the small uh, with the small market homegrown analytics. Uh, Andrew Friedman, uh, the Dod- the current Dodgers GM, uh, started got his his fame from taking the Tampa Bay Rays to the World Series in 2008. Now, when he had when he has uh, the resources. To to take to take his analytical mind and assemble the best team he can. Well, he assembles maybe maybe the certainly the best team from last year, uh, maybe the best team this year, uh, and maybe years to come. Yeah, and I see we we both we card uh, we see the moneyball model and the high payroll model working in the modern day MLB. Obviously, when we look at a lot of teams. Like and pay, on paper, the Padres look solid. The Yankees are are getting there. Mets are even playoff bound. Marlins, and then we got the big markets like the Dodgers, who are spending a lot. The Cardinals, who got these amazing guys in the offseason. 
So we can really see how both both systems are going to work better for each team and depending how much they want to spend on their player. And as we saw last year with the Rays, you don't need to pay these guys so much money to go so far. All you need to do is get the right players. Here's the thing, though, and that's and which is what I, I feel like I'm going to say why I think that there's going to be much more of a of a a top heavy uh, sort of uh, sort of system in the MLB moving forward is just how much uh, again you see it with the Dodgers and you're going to and you're going to see it more uh, with the big market teams that are willing to to want to compete every single year. Uh, like I mean. Uh, like I'm sure the Yankees and Red Sox, uh, if they're not already following, uh, will do soon enough. Um, is that th- is that again? They're going to combine. They're going to combine. They're going to take the the analytics that they're now able to catch up to, uh, and and take all the resources in the world that they have, and just create year in and year out the best teams available. And there's no salary cap or anything uh, to stop them from doing that. It really goes as far as far as uh, they want to uh, they want to take it, and even just looking at the past five years, uh, take a look at the the cities that are, that have won: uh, Chicago, Houston, Boston, D.C., and now L.A. Those are all some pretty big markets. I think all five of them are top ten. Of course, one year before that, you have uh, you have Kansas City, a bit, a bit of an outlier. Uh, but again, it seems to me like it's going to keep changing. Uh, to what it's been in the past five years and to what it may be for another uh, five, 10 years. Uh, again, with the exception of the St. Louis Cardinals, I do have to add, uh, but they, they've always kind of been the exception. Yeah, and I guess we do see a lot of teams do what, what is really popular in the NBA while players go to the big market teams like LA, New York, Chicago, uh, at least in the MLB for Chicago, but... It really goes down to how good is a player when the time comes up for him to step up. Like as I said before, no one expected the race to go far last season. They didn't. Ex- no one. If someone told you last year, "Hey, the Rays are going to go to the World Series against the Dodgers," you you will probably laugh at them. I know I would have laughed at them. But it's really, and I get why players want to go to the big market. I mean, I don't blame Trevor Bauer for going to the Dodgers at all. The problem is how much more would the Dodgers have in the future to spend on these high players? Everything. Like I said, with there's no, with, with, when there's no salary cap and teams can spend however, however much they want, they will, I mean, you, you see, you see with the Dodgers spending however much uh, they can to, I mean, to, to produce a winning baseball team. And, uh, and I think again, like, uh, like you see, I know you keep mentioning the Rays, and while I will, I will absolutely credit the Rays for uh, with su- with such a such such a budget being again being able to take a team to the World Series. I will I will applaud that to to no end. But how how much more how much longer is that going to be a sustainable method uh, until big market teams are able to hire away the analytics guys that they need? Uh, and, sort of, and beat them at their own game. Yeah, we just see this this past offseason where the where they did lose a lot of key players. Obviously, Blake Snell is now Padre. So I do get your saying, and especially it is going to be interesting to see how baseball moves forward 
especially without a cap space, as you keep mentioning. But I, I, I don't know. I always feel like there is going to be that surprise team coming in. There was going to, we saw how the Moneyball model does work in the MLB, especially. So I think some teams will find the right ways to make it go. And as you always know, not all of these teams are going to have this high cap space to make it work or have so much money to throw out these players. So there always is going to be a way to find out how to do it without without throwing money at the top prospects. Yeah, no, of course, of course, when you when you can save money, it, it always it always helps in in any league. Uh, but again, but the teams that don't need to save as much that that can splurge, and and uh, you and you have seen this uh, to to an extent in terms of what dynasties have have kind of emerged in recent history. Uh, the Yan- uh, with the Yankees uh, of the the late '90s, uh, with the Red Sox for for uh, since 2003, was it? Uh, with, I mean, with the with San Francisco Giants, uh, winning three and five years, like it's it, it's you cannot deny the advantage uh, that the that the that the big market and the big spender has in baseball. Oh, obviously not. They're always going to be the best of the best. But remember, the Royals, they went to back-to-back World Series. They lost to the Giants at first, and then they beat my Mets. There always is going to be that team. And I know they weren't the lowest salaries. They didn't have the lowest salary back then. But as I keep saying, if there's a will, there's a way. And teams are going to try to find it to work. Obviously, they are in a disadvantage, but they will always try to throw something at the wall to see what, what sticks. Yeah, I feel like I feel like you said that best sort of throwing things at the wall. Uh, unfortunately, I feel like that if teams aren't already resorting to that, um, then I mean, then they might soon enough. Uh, but uh, I think for the for the sake of baseball's parity, we we can we can hope that that things will stick for the for the smaller market teams. I'm into that. And now, finally. Um, is this I feel like it is the is the biggest outlier where we where we've said for the past uh yeah for football for basketball or, or whoa I'm getting ahead of myself for football for hockey uh it's it's hard to maintain a championship level team uh for baseball that may change soon enough uh, but I feel like it's uh certainly been a lot easier uh for teams in the NBA uh to do that since 2000 uh, only nine franchises uh, have won titles. Uh, I will say, of course, the Lakers uh, this past year have done it uh, with a different roster than uh, than in uh, than in earlier years. Uh, but that's still only only nine franchises. Of course, the Lakers have won six championships in that time span. Uh, but they're not the only. They're not. They're far from the only team uh, to have won multiple championships in that time frame. Uh, the Spurs, Heat, and Warriors have all, have all won three. Uh, three, um, three times in that span have there been repeat champions. Uh, most recently with uh, with the Warriors in 2017-18, uh, winning three of four. Uh, and then also the Miami Heat uh, in 2012 and 2013. Uh, and of course, you have the Lakers uh, winning, uh, winning the three-peat from 2000-2002. Uh, so you can, you can really see uh, j- just how how dynasty heavy it is in the NBA. Oh yeah, and especially when you look at, I think one of the most interesting stats: how LeBron James went to the finals every year from 2011 to 2018. 
obviously they didn't make it 2019, but back again, 2020, kind of showing how powerful it, or how simple, if you will, a team could make it in the NBA. Obviously a big factor to that is it's only five players on the court kind of doing the same job. It's not like we're in football, let's say, if the offensive line doesn't work, then the verse, then the quarterback is screwed. No, everyone has a similar to same job is to score in the basket and protect your bat and pr- make sure they don't score in yours. Yeah, I think I think you you kind of just said it best there. Just how much uh, how much more MVP heavy uh, it is uh, in in the NBA. I, I mean, in, in basketball as a whole, like we we said it with uh, with yeah, uh, Edmondson can get knocked out in the first round uh, with Drysdale and McDavid. Uh, with LeBron and AD, you that that win that wins a championship. As really like as far as one player goes, uh, it makes such such an impact uh, in the, in, uh, in basketball compared to any any of the other sports. Here, with baseball, you're just one you're just one of, of nine players on uh, on the field. That you're eleven percent. Uh, as far as far as the NFL, you're one of eleven, and you're only on half the time. That's about four percent. I mean, the last MVP to win the Super Bowl. Do you want? Do you want to guess? Last. Um, oh wow, that's far back. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's a while ago. It's Kurt Warner in 1999. God damn! Wow. Yeah, uh, and the, the NHL is is kind of is kind of similar. Yeah, it's you're still one of six, but uh, even even the best of players uh, will only get on for a little more than uh, than a third of the game. I uh, really only counting for. About like maybe five, six, uh, five, six percent of the of the total minutes. The last MVP to win to win the Stanley Cup. I'm not going to make you guess because uh, you probably, I don't, I don't know if you get it, but uh, I would not get it. Please do tell. Uh, yeah, 2003, 2004, uh, Martin Saint Louis uh, with the Lightning. Uh, but as far as uh, as far as the NBA, I mean, yeah, you're one of five uh, players on the court, and you're only playing, or I mean, you are playing for about three quarters of the time. Uh, I mean, you're pretty much taking up uh, 14, 15% of the minutes alone. I mean, when you have two, two MVPs, like, uh, like with the Lakers, LeBron and AD, that's 30%, 30% of all of your total minutes allocated to two to, to of the best in the league. Yeah, and especially how those two players make up. And there's more, obviously, to the Lakers' success in that year, as they did have other good stars, decent stars. But... Just those two players alone really did make a difference for LA. Another big thing is that every team, it seems like they have one, one or two good players, if not more. I mean, Lakers have AD and LeBron. Clippers have Kawhi and uh, Paul George. The Bucks have Giannis. The Pelicans have Zion. Uh, Bulls have Zach Levine. Every team has at least one star, and that one star does make a high difference. Look at Bradley Beal, who's scoring 40-plus points a game. Yeah, certainly. I, I feel like, I feel like though there, there, of course there's a, there's having a star, uh, but then there's having an MVP caliber player. And especially like, especially, in a, uh, again, in a league where it can be so, uh, it, I mean, it can be uh, easy again to, I mean, to isolate uh, these, these, these players get the, can get the matchups you want, get, uh, I mean, get, especially when, when again, I mean, yeah, they're the defending champions. So I'll talk, I'll talk, I'll keep talking about the Lakers. When you have two MVPs, two near unstoppable guys, uh, that again, 
yeah, they're on the court for 30, for 30% of, of the time, but they can be much more than, th- than 30% uh, of your, of your offensive defense. Yeah. Especially a big thing that does really work into it is the height difference for these guys. I mean, LeBron James is 6'9", while AD is only 6'10". But that, that one-inch difference plays a huge factor for how you play. I mean, look at Shaquille O'Neal, who's 7'1", who really didn't have, if he didn't have to work as hard. I, I don't want to say he didn't work as hard because that's disrespecting him. But when you look at other guys who are maybe 6'3", he didn't have to do as hard, as much of practicing as him. He was just a guy who could get up, from, get up in the rims and just slit, dunk the ball in. Yeah, I don't mean, sorry, I just don't mean that to any disrespect to Shaq at all. Just want to clear that for the record. Okay, I mean, I just feel like uh, one thing, uh, yeah, one thing we didn't really, I mean, sort of brushed on a little bit. Um, but again, as far as, far as, maintain, as maintaining these dynasties, like it's one thing, of course, to have two MVPs for one season. It's another thing to keep, to keep them. Uh, I feel like one thing uh, is, again, with, uh, with how MVP heavy it is. Uh, another thing is sort of, how little guys you actually need to contribute. Again, like we said, uh, the NFL active roster is 53 guys. In the MLB, it's 26. In the NHL, it's 23. For the NBA, it's only 17. And even in that, only nine or 10 guys uh, really play any given day. Yeah, and also I feel like basketball, it doesn't have such a high intensity on the body as some of these other sports. Also, being inside, it is going to help with how your body's handling with the heat. Yeah, it's, I'd say I'd say another thing, uh, kind of adding on to that, is just how much the NBA uh, wants wants uh, to keep players in in the markets uh, that they're in. Like you don't see a lot of the of these uh, rest in peace, Kobe Kobe Bryant. Uh, type of guys uh, anymore that are going to stay on the same team for 20 years. I know Devin Booker says he wants to, uh, but he is the the rare exception. I mean, I don't know how many guys, uh, uh, how many all-stars, I think probably all of them have switched teams at least once uh, in the past uh, three years, uh, save for the ones still still on uh, rookie deals who will probably find their way out eventually. Uh, And of course, and of course the NBA doesn't really want to, doesn't really want to want that to happen. They want, I mean, they want to keep their stars happy and they don't want their stars uh, moving around, being able to sort of cherry pick uh, causing, uh, causing super teams. That's why you have a lot of uh, exceptions uh, with, with the salary cap, like I mentioned earlier, like where you have a lot of room uh, for, for the luxury tax threshold, Uh, like where you have uh, stuff like the mid-level exception uh, and where you, and where I think the most notably uh, you have the super max deal. Now that can really only be offered by uh, uh, by a team that uh, that doesn't trade for you. Yeah, and also it feels like in the NBA, stars are more freely to move around to see what works. So it's it's really rare to see a star stay. I think Zach Levine and Bradley Beal are the only two exceptions of players now who are going to stick with one franchise. I guess in the past you could say Dirk Nowitzki before he retired, but going back to 2016, I mean, it seems like almost every single star was on a different team. LeBron James, Anthony Davis, um, what is like there's so many of them. Gordon Hayward, Kyrie Irving, Isaiah Thomas, so many guys did leave their original teams. 
and they were more able to move around Kevin Durant, move around, see what works for them, find a higher market for them, and just see what sticks with it. Yeah, I think I just want to uh, get get a, get ahead of the comments for saying, oh, what about Steph Curry? What about Clay Thompson? What about Draymond Green? Okay, yeah, we will give you that. But at the same time, they were also already a part of a dynasty, so they didn't really need to uh, need to change teams in order in order to in order to win a championship. They're kind of just put uh, in the right situation. They were so good that the stars want to come to them, just like when LeBron goes to a team, everyone wants to move with him. Yeah, I couldn't couldn't have said it much better myself. I'd say I'd say uh, I'd say uh, one last thing. I think we can we can sort we can uh, go back where we I think we kind of we kind of figured out how what makes it what makes it easy uh, to repeat uh, with the NBA. I'd say let's go let's let's go a little a little bit back to sort of the to sort of the leagues where it's a little harder to repeat, uh, like the NHL, uh, like the NBA, uh, and ask ourselves this question: How have teams like the Patriots? Uh, and like the Blackhawks, uh, been able to create uh, such dynasties when it's so hard to do that? Well, I think in hockey terms, at least, getting cheap players in free agency and getting players from the drafts. Obviously, Mariana Hosa was a great extension, which I don't believe them cost much. Drafting guys like Jonathan Hayes was such a key thing for the Blackhawks. And they, we, we saw them able to build their franchise from the draft and some parts in free agency for the NFL at least I think because the Patriots are such a great team and everyone knows about it it kind of brings in the players people want to be for a good team they want to be by coached by one of the best coaches of all time get thrown being thrown touchdowns by the greatest quarterback of all time so I think just their status that they have they're able to create players who want to come in coaches who want to come in because they're so great people want to come play for a great dynasty because they know hey you're, if you come to us, you might. It's going to be different. It's going to be difficult. You're going to be treated maybe lesser compared to other teams. You won't get as much freedom. But at the end of the day, you're coming off with a ring. And for basketball, at least, I'm uh, sorry, I didn't want to say something. But for basketball, at least, because baseball is high teams, you get the money, doesn't matter. But for basketball, it does seem like it depends where the money is and depends who is on that team. Obviously, people want to play with guys like Steph Curry, LeBron James, Kevin Durant. So big players are going to attract other players to come in. Yeah, I feel I feel like uh, when you go back to what you said about, what about, uh, about the Patriots, uh, kind of like the, the allure of the Patriots, and that kind of goes into, I think, what I feel like is, is the biggest, uh, I think maybe also maybe uh, most overlooked part uh, of these dynasties, and that is the how important it is to have players on team-friendly deals, uh, that that again you don't um, you don't you don't see that a whole lot in the NFL aside from the big exception of the New England Patriots. Of course, uh, Tom Brady, prior to him signing with the Bucks, uh, was pretty historically have, having some team-friendly deal. That uh, I'll look at uh, I'll look at uh, the the last Super Bowl uh, the Patriots won from 2018. Uh, that year, Brady only made uh, fifteen million dollars. I know only fifteen million, but compared to what some of the other uh, top tier quarterbacks were getting, uh, that's that's not a lot. Uh, and other key pieces to his offense: uh, Sony Michelle was still on his rookie deal. 
uh, James White and Julian Edelman, uh, both only made about uh, about uh, about two million that year. Uh, Deron Harmon, uh, he led the team in, in, uh, with four interceptions that year. Uh, he only made two and a half million. Uh, Trey Flowers uh, led the team in forced fumbles, tackles for loss, quarterback hits, and sacks. He didn't even make two million. Uh, and uh, going to, uh, to the secondary, uh, Devin McCourty uh, leading the team in solo, in solo tackles, only eight million. Uh, all pro Stephon Gilmore, he didn't even make uh, made uh, less than nine million. You can really just see just how important uh, having these pl- these players uh, on on team friendly deals uh, is, especially uh, when you need to when you need to have so many pieces in place uh, like in football, but also uh, like in the NHL. And I'll go to again the end of the of the Hawks dynasty that 2014 to 2015 season was and people kind of knew this going in the last season uh, before both Taze and Kane uh, would have massive ex- extensions uh, kicking in. Uh, so that was kind of their last year on a, a, a sort of a reasonable deal uh, that, that they're playing, they're, they're playing above. And they were already uh, paying uh, uh, some of the, some of the veterans a lot of money like Marion Hosa, uh, like Duncan Keith. Uh, of course, you had a lot of a lot of role players uh, earning within uh, within the within the four to six million dollar range, uh, which is generally about about the a little little more than the than uh, than the proportion of the cap compared to what they're going to see on the ice. Uh, but they, I mean, but of course they played up to it. It was a championship level team, uh, but but also of course um, you have young talent uh, stepping up that year, like Brandon Saad, uh, like Andrew Shaw. Uh, like David Rumblad, uh, who were who were all uh, all uh, contributing in some in some form or another, and I think kind of the perfect storm of all that uh, led to, led to that championship season and cementing them not just as champions but as a dynasty. Yeah, and especially a big issue we're going to see now with the Chiefs is they're throwing so much money at these players. Uh, Patrick Mahomes making five hundred million dollars in his total contract that it seems like they have to win it now. It's really about the now or what's going to happen. They're not really looking to the future for two or three years. I feel like that's a big issue with some of these teams because, as I said, with the Blackhawks, they are able to get some of these guys on the cheap, whether that be uh, veterans or uh, guys who are still on the rookie contracts, which, at the end of the day, a winning culture does make a winning team. And we see that time and time again. If teams don't believe in themselves, if players don't step up to the plate, we see how the detriments a team's success. But I, I do agree with you that uh, team-friendly contracts do help more than these big sal- salaries, at least in other sports outside of the MLB. Yeah, I think the MLB, I think even if, uh, and I know, I know it's hard with uh, how much the, the union is, uh, is so, so strongly opposed to it, and, uh, uh, the salary cap, and, and, and I, get, I get that, uh, uh, but but still, you uh, you can't say that it that it doesn't uh, doesn't hurt hurt the pair. And I think uh, if you ever do see a salary cap in the MLB, uh, you'll st- you'll start to see uh, the emphasis on I mean on team friendly deals on uh, on players outperforming their contracts. Yeah, a big issue is when players do outperform the contracts, they do want a lot of money. That's why you see. Uh, like guys like Ezekiel Elliott or Christian McCaffrey making 15 plus million dollars this year, not even making the playoffs, while Ronald Jones II made un- barely a million dollars. Someone who's 
younger. He still was on his rookie contract, but he still made less money, which is able to get some of these other guys in free agency. All right. Now, I, I would uh, I think you, you kind of answered a, a little bit of this. Uh, but one final question, uh, I think since uh, again, since it's so necessary, I guess we can kind of leave leave basketball aside uh, for this because it's a, again, like we mentioned, a little bit, a little bit, uh, a little bit easier uh, to, to create and maintain di- a dynasty there. Uh, but at least as far as far as as far as uh, the other the other three uh, for now, uh, do you think with the modern athlete uh, always sort of you always see uh, the NFL be it holdouts, uh, the NBA be it uh, trade requ- trade requests, uh, max deals maybe uh, where they shouldn't be? Do you do you think that uh, uh, the players uh, on team friendly deals and and with that as a whole dynasties in general? Uh, might you start to see them die out? I think we're definitely going to see the atmosphere in sports change. Obviously, we it's more of a player-friendly, player, single-player atmosphere, system, whatever you want to call it, where players get to make their calls on what they want to do. We do see a lot of guys, especially you know, like Russell Wilson, Bradley Beal, and some others getting upset and might even being traded. So it's really weird to see guys who are loyal like Mike Trout and Bradley Beal who still decide to stay with the Wizards. I feel like these big bigger markets have big the bigger players which want which you would want to play with because in all honesty would you rather form a super team with LeBron James or would you rather try something on your own? You know what I mean? But I mean that that I really feel like depends on the player. Again like uh like yeah maybe uh maybe a role player wants to wants to team up with LeBron but maybe some other all-star says no I want to create I want to create my my own legacy uh get my own finals MVP yeah I get that but I feel like a lot of players especially the aging vets and the younger guys the aging vets want want to finally get that chip on the show they want to finally get it while the younger guys they can see this as an opportunity to learn from the greats we're definitely going to see a lot of it's weird to, it's kind of weird to see a lot of guys like I said Mike Trout stay with the Angels after he got were uh, the shorter end of the stick time and time again. Obviously, the, the way of sports is changing. So I do see, but I just think going back, I still think it's going to be the same way sports. I feel like anything's possible for any team. I mean, look at, look at the Warriors when they blew a three to one lead against the Cavaliers. Anything could happen with the right set of mind and the right set of dedication. But I do believe more teams of uh, the higher marketed teams are going to get the better players. Well, I, I mean, I've said I've said all all I think I, I've uh, wanted to say. You got uh, any 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 final remarks before we can close this out? Uh, not really. No, I just think we're definitely going to see a shift in how players are being treated for the better or worse. Yeah, I think we can we can both agree uh, on that. And with that, thank you once again uh, for listening with uh, to us and bearing with us. Uh, we do this every single day, Monday through Thursdays, uh, trying to get it up at, uh, at 4 p.m. Uh, Eastern Time. Uh, to Spotify, Anchor, and YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. And now, now, because you had that botched outro, and now I'm, it's messing with me. I'm totally going to blame you and not just blame myself. Yeah, yeah, blame the Jew, of course. We're, we're about right, to but, We can make that joke. Yeah.
Uh, with all that being with all that being said, uh, until next time, we will talk to you then. <laughs>